Welcome to the Awareness Offerings Podcast, a weekly offering of yoga philosophy discussion and guided meditation for the moments we're living in. I'm your host, Laura Tara Davy Joplin. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, spiritual social media strategist, and integrative counselor, working to integrate the principles of the spiritual path into every aspect of my work and my life. This podcast is an extension of that work as I navigate the world as a white woman devotee of yoga, living at many intersections of privilege, living in the West, and trying to live with awareness. Thank you for joining me in this work. You're listening to episode four, The Quick Fix Ritual. Thank you for being here, as always. If you're enjoying the show and you'd like to make sure that other people can find it, the best ways you can help do that are by rating and reviewing the show on whatever platform you're using to listen right now, and then sharing on social media and even by word of mouth if you feel called. I appreciate all the ways that you make it possible for us to sit in this awareness offerings space together, namely just by being here. So I'm really glad that you're here today and glad to share another awareness offering with you. I am recording today's episode in my backyard, so you might hear some bird song or some neighborhood sounds, just fair warning, but we will begin by making some sound of our own. As always, we'll go into our opening ritual of singing the sound of OM together one time. OM means consciousness. It is said to represent the all-encompassing force of consciousness that animates everything in the universe, and this podcast is about kind of aligning ourselves with the teachings of consciousness however we can. So we'll start by literally calling out, calling consciousness into the space. And that's what we do when we sing OM. You can do this out loud or just by listening silently. But if you're coming along with me, feel free to get your body in a comfortable place. Just spine long, shoulder soft, jaw soft. Feel free to close your eyes or gaze softly at the floor, just softening your gaze if you can. If you're doing a task right now, especially driving, don't worry about it. And first, we'll take a deep breath in through the nose if nostril breathing is possible for you. Big breath out through the nose, clearing the path for consciousness. And we'll inhale for one sound of OM. Thank you for joining me in that practice and now for some discussion. So my teacher, Swami Jayadevi, who is a yoga monk, she is a holy person who has dedicated her life to the teachings of yoga and specifically serving others with the teachings of yoga. Um, And she's here in Atlanta. I've studied with her since 2016. Um, But she often talks about a certain breath practice in very specific language. There is a certain breath in the lexicon of different yogic breath practices that is supposed to be an instant, or it's supposed to provide instant anxiety relief. This one breath is supposed to instantly soothe anxiety. And whenever my teacher teaches this breath, talks about this breath, she always makes sure to point out that you don't hear the word instant very often in yoga. 
And in the case of this breath, she's kind of hyping it up, saying this is, this is a rare thing. This is a yoga practice that has instant effects. But she's always very careful to say, most yoga practice is not like that, right? Instant is really not the name of the game. When we're walking the path of yoga, spirituality, personal growth, whatever you call your commitment to consciousness and growth and practice, right? It's often not instant. And that's what we're talking about today. And I'm talking about this in the context of a situation that's going on in my own life and has been going on for quite some time. There is someone in my life whom I love very, very much, but whom I have a difficult relationship with sometimes because of the way things have, have, have unfolded. There have been some really difficult circumstances. There have been some mistakes made, some harsh words said, and it's been pretty complicated and tumultuous. And I've had to set a lot of boundaries, but even still, I have really tried to have this person in my life in some kind of way because I really love them. And a lot of the time, it feels really good to have this person in my life, of course, except when it doesn't. So I've been trying and trying for a very long time, over a year, to find a way to make this kind of relationship work. And I don't really mean relationship as in, you know, a partnership, boyfriend, girlfriend type of situation. I just mean relating to this person, having them in my life in some way. I've been trying for a very long time to make that happen in some way, and it keeps failing. We keep hitting these really just rough snags in the relationship that often end with, again, really harsh words. They end with blow-ups. They end with a lot of pain. And that's the thing. It really hurts. Every single time we go into this cycle of trying and kind of failing at relating to each other, it just really hurts. And today, as I'm recording this, it's the day of another painful interaction where this with this person where it has become pretty clear that I really might have to just let go of the relationship in a more concrete way. I don't, I don't know if permanent is the word, but I really might have to put some really quite tangible distance in the relationship and really let go. I might have to end contact, right? At least for a time. So this happened today. And like I said, when, when, whenever I hit these periods in this particular relationship, it really hurts. And I was kind of right in it, feeling the hurt, and I was standing in my backyard, processing it all. And suddenly it came to my mind that I wanted to do something. I wanted to do some kind of ritual. Specifically, I wanted to burn something. I wanted to give myself a little fire ceremony um, to help me process this situation. And I thought, maybe I'll write this person's name down on a piece of paper and then I'll burn it. And maybe that will energetically signify that this time I am really serious about trying to let go and create really firm, clear boundaries and distance in a way that sticks and in a way that doesn't keep repeating this cycle. Maybe if I do my my little fire ritual, that will really help me make this the time. And as I was thinking through this idea in my mind, I caught myself almost instantly and sort of 
I was on to myself a little bit. I realized what my mind was actually up to underneath this desire for a fire ritual because fire rituals themselves are not bad. I just got back from a weekend at a spiritual center in Florida where we had this massive wild fire ritual unlike anything I've ever seen. It changed my heart. I am very pro fire ritual. But in this situation, I could tell there was something else going on underneath my desire to have a little ritual for myself. And I realized almost instantly that my desire to just take this person's name and burn it was really me looking for a quick way to take the pain away. I was looking for some quick ritual that I could do to fix it instantly and be done with feeling the pain, done with the relationship, finally let it go and it's done and that's it. Just finding a ritual, doing the ritual, and I was done. I was looking for a ritual, a quick ritual to just take the pain away. And I realized pretty quickly as I came to that uh, understanding of what was really going on in my own mind, that's not how it works. That is not how true presence to the reality of our lives works. When something painful happens, especially when something painful happens, I should say, of course it's natural to have a desire to make the pain go away. And if we are a person who does practice and has all these tools and rituals in our lives, it makes a lot of sense to say, oh, let me use my tools to help myself not hurt so much. But the reality of the situation is anything that's a quick fix for deep heart experiences, especially pain, it's not really fixing it. It's probably avoidance or repression or distraction. And it just doesn't work that way. So the title of this episode is the quick fix ritual, and spoiler alert, the point is that there is no quick fix ritual. We kind of just have to show up over and over again, being willing to be present to whatever it is we're feeling, and allow ourselves the space, time, and practice to process and learn from and grow through whatever it is that's coming up, especially the pain. Okay, so we have to just show up over and over to the reality of what we're experiencing and allow ourselves the space, the time, and the practice to process through and learn from and grow through whatever's coming up for us, especially the pain. And as I sat on the ground in my backyard, just witnessing all of these different desires and realizations and narratives unfolding in my own internal experience, I started to realize that my own desire for kind of a cheap, quick fix ritual so that I didn't have to feel the pain and the complexity of what I was experiencing is not dissimilar to the way that some folks are showing up in the online, especially social media space of consciousness and spirituality. It's not uncommon that the narrative goes a little bit like, well, you just have to buy my book or buy my supplements or buy my merch or wear the same yoga clothes as me. And even if it is not said explicitly, the implication is that if you do one of those things, you will then 
come to the same level that I'm on, right? These people are usually on social media and they usually have a grid that's full of photos and captions about their spirituality, their beautiful yoga poses, their wonderful relationships, the way that they are just owning it at life and just, you know, killing the game for lack of a better phrase. So um, even if they don't specifically say, you know, buy my supplements or wear these yoga pants and you too will feel amazing like I do, typically their social media presence implies that, oh, I have a great life. So if you do this one thing that I am now going to kind of sell to you, you too can feel that way. And when I started to think about the ways that we have really commodified the tools of spirituality for kind of fast tracking self-improvement and healing, I started to wonder, okay, what's the difference between the spiritual influencer who's selling supplements as a quick fix and me in pain in my backyard wanting to do some kind of ritual, some kind of fire you know, spiritual fire ritual for a quick fix so that I didn't have to feel the pain anymore. It's all rooted in the same place. This idea that there even is a quick fix ritual, uh, a way that we can use or even really manipulate the tools of spirituality to fast track our own healing, our own letting go of pain, our own growth, whatever it might be. There is no one thing that's just going to do it. That's just going to be the magic switch that flips and then we feel better. We no longer have stuff to work through. We have beautiful yoga poses in an instant, right? There is no one thing. The truth really is that the rituals and practices we do, the tools of spirituality, yoga, and consciousness that we pick up, They don't make us whole and strong and free by some magic, right? By flipping some switch. It's us showing up to them over and over. It is the commitment and practice of continuing to show up to the rituals, show up to the practices, and show up to the tools over and over again that culminates in moments where we do feel amazing, we do feel more free, we do feel like we can let go of the pain. Because I don't mean to suggest that there's no way to feel better, there's no way to let go of pain or heal or grow. I absolutely believe in those concepts, or I wouldn't be offering a yoga and meditation podcast and dedicating all of my life and work to consciousness and growth. I absolutely believe those things are possible. But I do think we are living in an age where social media and capitalism and all of these different systems have come together to send the message that this too can be commodified. This too can be a part of the instant gratification that these systems teach us to seek. That spirituality and healing and letting go can also be absorbed into the web of quick fixes that promise us that if we just do one thing, we can snap our fingers and feel better. But whether it is someone trying to sell us something or the mistakes that our own mind kind of makes when we're thinking about our own experience, the truth is that there is nothing like that. 
There is no commodified quick fix, just put it in the microwave and take it out and it'll be done kind of solution. We actually are the solution because it is our dedication to showing up. And more specifically to our dedication to being willing to sit in the discomfort of what we're trying to quick fix in the first place. Of course, if the, the stuff that comes up, the emotions and experiences that arise, if they were comfortable, we wouldn't want to quick fix them. Our mind and our capitalistic systems wouldn't be trying to sell us these quick fix rituals if these things were comfortable. So when I say showing up, I think what I'm really talking about is how can we be willing to be uncomfortable in the present moment with the reality of what we are experiencing for as long as it takes over and over until we get to know something that's a little bit deeper, right? Until maybe one day we are sitting with the discomfort of the pain or the heartbreak or whatever it is that we feel like we want a quick fix away until one day we're sitting in that space and we realize, you know, maybe it doesn't just go away, but we realize, oh, I am not actually this pain. This pain does not get to be all consuming for me because it is not me. Even if it doesn't go away right now, maybe I'm finding just a little bit of access to the part of me that is deeper and more spacious than just the experience of pain that I'm having. And in those magical moments when we realize that we are not the pain or we are not the experience, the container of our hearts and our awareness expands a little bit. And we have more space to hold not only the pain, but the goodness, the peace, the reality. And little by little, by showing up over and over again, we make more and more room in the container so that the pain or whatever uncomfortable experience that our first instinct is to try to quick fix away until that is not the biggest part of our reality anymore. And so to suggest that there is no quick fix ritual is certainly not to suggest that there is no magic, that there is no healing. I absolutely believe in the magic, but I think it's in the process, not in the end itself, not in the quote unquote goal of healing or letting go itself. It's in the process. It's in the day-to-day willingness to be where we are, to be who we are, and know that we don't need to be fixed. Because what really is underneath this kind of capitalistic desire for a quick fix, what's underneath that but the narrative that we aren't good enough? The narrative that somehow if we don't feel perfect all the time, if we experience pain, if we experience illness, if our bodies look different than other people's bodies, that that somehow makes us wrong, that there's something wrong with us that we need to fix as quickly as possible. The idea of any kind of quick fix ritual is actually a narrative of unworthiness, and I reject that. Because how strong do you have to be to say, nope, I'm going to just over and over 
show up to the reality of what I feel until I make more space around it uh, so that I can remember that my reality is not just what I feel. That is incredibly strong. That is incredibly worthy. And so I reject any narrative of unworthiness that says we need to be fixed. And so now beyond the discussion of these narratives and rejecting them and reframing them, let's take it into practice so that we can embody the work of letting go of the narratives of unworthiness that say we need any kind of quick fix, whether it's a ritual or a practice in our own lives or something that someone's trying to sell us, and instead say we are worthy and strong enough to be where and who we are and just making more space for ourselves in that day by day. And so let's practice. This is the portion of our time here together on Awareness Offerings where we will go into meditation. I'll offer a guided meditation practice. So if you are doing another task, if you're driving, cleaning, whatever it might be, this might be a good time to pause and come back later when you can sit and go into a space of meditation. If you're ready to sit and go into a space of meditation right now, I will invite you in to a comfortable seat. A comfortable seat is any seat, as always, as long as you can find length in your spinal column and you're sitting upright. You want to find length because that spine is the center line of your body. It's the center of your nervous system, your skeletal system. It's the center of your energy system. And so when the spine is open and spacious, everything can just kind of move freely and with as much connection and calibration as possible. And then we want the spine upright just because we probably don't want to fall asleep during meditation. As I always say, I will never judge you for sleeping during meditation, but consciousness practice typically entails us being conscious. So we sit upright to try to stay awake. But beyond that, however you would like to position your hands, your arms, your legs, it's up to you. You can sit on the ground. You don't have to. If you do, I'll encourage you to sit on something, whether it's a blanket, a block, a cushion. Just please get your hips higher than your knees. You could also sit with your back against the wall for back support. You can sit with legs crossed, but you don't have to. You can also sit with legs extended. You can bend your knees and sit on your heels. Really, it is about finding a place where you can hold the container of meditative stillness with as little discomfort as possible. But again, you don't have to do that sitting on the floor. You can sit in a chair. You can sit on your bed. As long as that spine is spacious and upright, you're good. And as you find your way into your comfortable seat, I will just offer that I would like you to please take care of your body throughout this meditation practice. Even if that means we're in the deepest, most still part of the meditation and your body is so uncomfortable and even in so much pain that you can't even focus on your breath, To me, I don't think that's really going to serve you in meditation. So you can wiggle your body, move around, adjust when you need to to take care of your body, and you can just return to the stillness when you're ready. So I'll only say that once, but please take care of your body. So as you find your way into this comfortable seat, I'll invite you to close your eyes, or you can gaze softly at the floor. You're just softening your gaze and turning it toward yourself in whatever way feels most comfortable for you. And then you start to turn your awareness toward your breath, if that feels comfortable. You don't have to change it or even judge it at all. Just starting to watch and listen as the inhales come in through your nose. 
And as the exhales move out through your nose, if nostril breathing is accessible, inhaling belly, lungs and chest expand, exhaling chest, lungs and belly contract. Just watching, landing in this present moment experience of the breath, for the breath is only happening right now. But there are other ways to arrive in the present moment. If breath awareness doesn't feel okay for you, you could also listen to your heartbeat, listen to the sounds around you, feel the air or the clothes on your skin. Just picking one present moment reality to focus on and land on so that you yourself start to land in the present moment. And even as you make the intentional effort to arrive in the present moment, your mind is, you know, your mind might fight you on that a little bit. The mind is used to being the boss. It is used to going all the time and being full of thoughts all the time. And just because you sit to meditate doesn't mean that's going to change in an instant. No quick fixes, right? No instant practices here. So just like everything else we talked about, you can be willing to be in the reality that your mind is busy right now. That doesn't make you a bad meditator. So you allow space for your thoughts, just like you allow space for every other feeling and sensation in the present moment. But beneath the thoughts, still just trying to hold yourself to that one point of presence that you chose, whether it's your breath or your heartbeat or the sounds, whatever it is. You can witness your thoughts just as you witness the breath, but somewhere else in your consciousness, just holding on to that single point of awareness anyway. And as you start to cultivate awareness of your breath and or your present moment experience, you may start to notice how you are and what you feel in that present moment experience. Maybe you begin to notice the physical sensations present in your body right now. Maybe you notice the emotional sensations that are coming up in your body or your mind or your heart right now. Maybe you notice the energy, the mood, the feeling of what you're experiencing right now. Just beginning to get acquainted with that practice of showing up as you are, and who you are right now. Or showing up as you are and showing up as who you are right now. And 
you might feel incredibly centered and just at ease already. And you can notice that about yourself. You can show up like that right now. You might feel uncomfortable, anxious, heavy. You can show up like that as well. The point of embracing the spiritual path of no quick fixes is a willingness to meet with your experience for better or worse and just tend to it. Just say, I see you to the emotions, the thoughts, the sensations, even and especially if they're uncomfortable. So maybe you start out this practice with the silent affirmation, inhaling to yourself, I see you. Exhaling, I see you. It's cultivating that willingness to be with yourself, to show up for and as yourself. Inhaling, I see you. Exhaling, I see you. Inhaling, I see you. Exhaling, I see you. Now that you've established this presence and this willingness to see and be with yourself, we'll go into a more formal meditation practice together. We're going to do a body scan meditation. Just piece by piece, landing our awareness in the different areas of the body as a symbol of that willingness to be fully ourselves to show up in the body and the body is the home of the heart so show up in the heart as we are without needing to quick fix any part of our experience away without needing to make any of it go away or even change or judge any bit of it without feeding into that narrative of unworthiness that we need a quick fix we go into the body So your breath awareness or whatever single point of awareness you chose is the foundation for this practice. If your mind takes you out of the meditation, you don't have to judge. You could show up like that too. You can just come right back to that breath or that point of awareness and then back to my voice and into the body scan practice as many times as you need to. And we'll begin this body scan by bringing awareness to the tips of the toes right and left, from big toe to pinky toe on both feet. You feel the pads of your toes as they touch whatever they're touching right now. And then like water moving, that awareness travels from your toes into the bones at the tops of your feet, the arches of your feet, your ankle bones, holding yourself in awareness as you pour awareness into your body starting with the feet these tools of grounding and steadying and then from your feet that awareness moves into your shin bones 
the muscles of your calves, the bones at the front of your knee and the creases at the backs of both knees, right and left. Awareness moves upward into your two thigh bones and to the hamstring muscles on the backs of both your legs. Like moving water, it travels into your two hip bones, your pelvis and your sitting bones, right and left. Into your lower back, your lowest belly. Perhaps awareness to you feels like a heaviness, a tingling. Maybe it feels like, or maybe you envision it looking like light or water. Just conceptualizing your own awareness, however you do, as it continues to move into your abdomen, your mid-spine your lower ribs, and then into each one of your ribs, right and left, filling the rib cage with simple awareness. The expanding and contracting lungs, the center of your chest, and your physical heart just to the left of your sternum, filled with your own awareness here. The upper third of your spine and your two fine shoulder blades on your back. Your collarbones as they stretch across your upper chest. And your two shoulder, the tops of both your arms, I should say. Just filling with your own awareness. And then like falling water, that awareness moves down into your upper arm bones, right and left. The creases and the bones of your two elbows your forearms, your wrist creases and wrist bones. Awareness moves into the bones in your hands, the palms of your hands, the 10 bones of your fingers from thumb to pinky, right and left. And finally, like heavy water droplets about to fall off, that awareness lands in the tips of your fingers. And as you move awareness to more and more spaces in your body, the vessel for your heart and your awareness, you remain held by your breath, held by whatever point of awareness you chose to focus on, and held by me, your teacher, in this moment. I am holding you, and I feel you here, if you're listening to this. From your arms and shoulders, that awareness continues to move upward into your neck and throat, The front of your throat, back of your throat, left and right side of your throat. It travels up into the line of your jaw, your lower teeth, your tongue, your upper teeth and your two lips, the bridge of your nose, each of your cheekbones on either side of your face. Awareness moves now into the orbs of your eyes your eyelids, your eyebrows, the space between your eyebrows. It moves into the temples and the ears on either side of your head. Awareness moves into your forehead and straight across to the back of your skull. And finally, with a big breath in, awareness moves all the way to the crown of your head. 
and you notice that space at the crown of your head for just a moment before you allow your awareness just to dance and move all around your body. You systematically took the time to place awareness in all these different areas of your body and now you just feel it wherever it is. The full body, alive, vibrant, awake, maybe a little heavy, maybe a little tingly, maybe filled with light. Whatever awareness feels like for you, just imagine it filling each of your cells as you work in this space of body scan, full body awareness. And even now, as you create a relationship with the feelings that you're having during this full body, body scan meditation, there's nothing you have to do with those feelings. You don't have to think about them, analyze them, give them meaning. There doesn't have to be a narrative around the feeling. You can just meet it. Feel it. Tend to it. And that's not an easy concept for the mind. The mind loves the quick fix narrative. It loves to make meaning so that things can be easier and more straightforward. But as my teacher's teacher, Majaya Sati Bhagavati, would teach, one thing we can say to the mind is not now. So as you feel the full sensations in your body, if you notice your mind wanting to make it a story, you can just say not now. And drop back into that feeling body. Awareness saturating your cells. Awareness holding your bones. What is full body awareness like for you? I'm curious. And maybe you stay in that space of curiosity too, as you just feel it. And the thing about full body awareness is it gives us a blueprint for practicing showing up as our whole selves. We show up from toes to head. We bring awareness to every part of the body. And so we have this wholeness. We are aware of ourselves as a whole. And so we start to get curious about what showing up in wholeness is like for us. Perhaps what showing up in the body with whatever sensations and experiences we're having what that's like. Perhaps not needing to make a story out of it, change it, fix it until it goes away, but just to be with it, especially if there are sensations of discomfort. Over and over, we show up, breath by breath, moment by moment. We exist in this body We tend to what it feels like to exist right now. 
And that indeed is enough. You can stay here in this inward space of full body awareness for as long as you'd like. Maybe you pause the podcast and you continue to feel. When you're ready to make a transition back into the practice of living beyond formal meditation, take a deep breath in through your nose. Sigh out your mouth, just grounding your energy. Two more like that. Then you can return to the natural pace of your breath and start to blink your eyes open. Again, just making that transition from the formal space of meditation to the places where the meditation comes with you and you take it into your life and into your world. This is how we show up over and over again. This is how we live the practice. By keeping that curiosity about how we can show up in wholeness and feel what we feel And allowing that to permeate the interactions and actions that we take all throughout the day. And indeed, there's no quick fix, right? That's sort of the theme of this podcast episode. And so you might not feel fixed at the end of this meditation. If you were uncomfortable or if there's anything heavy you're working with, those probably aren't just, those feelings probably aren't just gone. But it is in your process of showing up over and over and being willing to be worked on by the work that you do that the real growth, release, and freedom happens. Thank you for joining me for this awareness offering and for going into embodied practice with me. You can find me on social media at Laura Tara, L-A-U-R-A-T-A-R-A, on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. My intro and outro music was created by none other than my very own brother, Oxella Sun, O-X-E-L-A-S-U-N, whom you can also find on Instagram. <laughs>